Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girl Bomb. Girl Bomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self care. So, to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you. And treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. Hey everyone, I'm Brian Austin Green. I'm Shauna Burgess. And I'm Randy Spelling. And you are listening to Oldish, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hi, you guys. Hello. Hey there. Post Thanksgiving. How's We're everybody back. doing? I am still recovering from all the food, I think, to be honest with you. I ate leftovers for a good two to three days. It was so good. So good. So good. So nice being back in town and being here for Thanksgiving and being around everybody. It was, it was really, it was, it was an amazing, uh, amazing day. Brian, you just got back into town a few days before Thanksgiving, right? I did. Yeah. I was, I was in Spain working. Thank goodness. I got back in time. Instead of cooking everything, we ended up catering a lot of just to kind of make it a little easier for us and allow us to spend a little more time with everybody, but it was yeah, delicious. It was awesome. So we did Bristol Farms, which we mentioned several times in the Thanksgiving episode, <laughs> yeah. I think. Um, but it came out so freaking good. The turkey was so juicy. I don't think if I had cooked a, ch- a turkey, it was going to be as good as that. So, But not only that, I was sitting at the dinner table and I was so grateful for many things. But one of the things I was grateful for was sitting there and not criticizing the meal like I normally do when I cook it. Like, oh, I overcooked that or I oversalted yeah. that or that could have been better. I genuinely just sat there enjoying the whole evening and day with everybody. Um, and I, I really appreciated that. Not that I'll do that for Christmas. I still love the prep and I still love doing that and, and the, um, the being of service in that way in the kitchen, but it was nice to not have to do it. It's kind of like when you're out at a restaurant and you order food, like you just kind of sit and eat the food and then you enjoy the company. You're not so consumed by the preparation that you've done all day long and you're, you're tasting to see what mistakes you made or what you would do differently. It's fun. But but Randy, yeah. how was your Thanksgiving? Because didn't you go for like a three k run or something? Yeah, Randy, on we need to get, we need to talk about this. What a little is bit. wrong with you? First, <laughs> the thirst trap pictures, and then all of a sudden, we find out about this three k turkey trot. Thing oh, it's very impressive. Morning. I love this for you. I love this for you. I feel like when you're even who are you, Randy Spelling? Three k is nothing to real runners. That's oh, a warm up. Seriously. 3K isn't really that much anyway. It's not three miles. 3K is like one and a half miles, right? 
Oh, is it? I thought it was three miles. Oh, now I feel deflated. Well, it depends. I thought did I you ran do, at least three miles. Did you do three miles or 3K? Because kilometers and miles are very different. I don't know. I want to say <laughs> I want to say it was a 3K. It didn't take 3.4K or something like that. I thought it was three miles. However, I, I ran the whole thing. That was my goal is can I make it? Can I at least just run without walking? I didn't want to be first. I wasn't competitive in that way. I just wanted exercise. I like exercising mm -hmm. every day in some way. And so for me, that was my morning exercise. We woke up early. Uh, got there and, you know, got these little hats and we ran, I told my daughters, so it's been years since we did one of these. I think when we did it, my youngest may have been four or five and, you know, they were really ambitious to run it and then they take off. Everyone takes off. And then two blocks in my youngest says, can you carry me? So the last turkey trot, I carried her the whole way. And so this year I said, look, if you're entering this, I'm running, right, <laughs> I'm yeah. running. I'm not carrying you. You got to do it on your own. We're yeah. So I think that was the most fun part. I actually have a very serious question. So was this, this run, who, who was it organized by? It was organized by a, a local, like whatever, what is it? Yeah, so my mother-in-law, it, it they live in this sort of complex. Her stepfather is a golfer, so they live by a golf course. And so it was organized by the whole sort of community. Right. And So here's okay. my serious question. Yeah. Why on earth do you drive in miles, but your run is calculated in kilometers? I am so confused. I'm so confused. You know, now we're getting into a whole, this is a whole different episode on its own. It's but I'm with you, Sharna. It's strange to me as an Aussie. Like, why don't y'all just make it seamless and pick one? Like, I know. but, but Even if it's the one that doesn't make sense. Like, whatever metric system you did use. Did you see the episode someone... recently of SNL that Nate Bargatze hosted? And he did a whole skit about the metric system and measurements and all of that US compared to, to your, it was hysterical. It was amazing. Because it's yeah. true. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. I, I'm with you. And I would say that there are a lot of things, if we really want to lay it out, that don't really make any sense. But, you know, hey. Okay, fair. Yes, there's metric a lot of system, things in this world that don't we'll really We'll stop make right sense. now at the metric system for yeah. today. Oh, yeah. Fine, fine, sure. fine. We'll, sure. we'll make a whole episode about it later. <laughs> Because I have questions. <laughs> you know what we're actually doing in the house right now, Randy, that we're on week three what? of? A digital detox. No Ooh, games. No, really? Anything on the TV has to be like basically David Attenborough. You know what I mean? And it's only allowed after a certain time and as a family. No more TVs in the bedroom. Yeah, we'll do like movie time or something at night where we'll all, we'll all, all sit together, on the couch we'll and we'll popcorn. watch something. But otherwise, the kids, our journey has been making comic books. The kids mm -hmm. are outside playing. Building it's sports been, every day. That's so what nice. I was going to ask you. What have you noticed as a result oh. of doing that? First of all, play is coming back. Creativity. Play, yeah, yeah play and creativity. Yeah. But the thing that I love the most is we're conversing with them more. Like mm -hmm. we're having more conversations with our kids about And they're stuff, having more anything. conversations with each other too. Yes. Like it's really yes. just the entire home, the energy is shifted because everybody is forced to lean on each other a little bit and spend a little more time with each other and listen yeah. a little better. And it's amazing the things that the kids used to do, activities and things that they've just really gotten back into and are really mm -hmm. embracing again. Uh, it, to watch Journey, the youngest, go from 
just being so addicted to his switch and playing games. And, you know, I was constantly getting requests for uh, Robux, like, you and know, like meltdowns <laughs> if he didn't have them, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, addiction. and now that is just completely gone. It's amazing. It's unreal. It's so it's funny so because I saw that you posted uh, something about a giant box and I was like, oh, this looks like my household. If a box comes in, I don't know what it is. It's the best thing in the world. It, it can be a home. Yeah, yeah. It can be. Yeah. And to see hours of play around creativity, oh. you asked me, Randy, why do you do that? Why do you not have screens? And that's the reason is the creativity level. You have to force yourself yeah. when yeah. bored to go and do something. So it makes you think. Yeah. But we have an indoor fort kit. It's like a bunch of rods and little connectors. And they just, they've been making these massive forts. Different then, forts every day. And then you put blankets over them and you may, and they'll set up tables and they plates. have their own apartments in there. They're getting the fake money <laughs> kits. They're setting up shops, like everything it's ready. It's They're going to start a business now. Right? Yeah, yeah. But like these are skills. you could tell they didn't know what to do with themselves for the first week. And then yeah. they were, they, it, the creativity kicked in because it's like, it's almost like survival, right? Well, I'm not going to sit and be bored the whole time. I may as well find something to do. And yeah. now what it's do, it's just so beautiful. I love it. I never want them back. I never want games back in the house. I know we're going to introduce them for like maybe one or two days a week for an hour or so. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They can have them a little bit, but no way will it be every day and no way will there ever be an unlimited like free reign. It's just the the difference in them is an absolute godsend. I am so grateful for that, that, you know, between their, their mom's house and our house, we've all been on board and doing it. We didn't do free reign anyway. We were already... In the beginning. Right. But I mean, we were we were already still very like, you have this number of hours, but it's amazing if you give them an inch, what devices take. It's You know what's amazing? How good kids can sneak it. And oh, I don't know. I don't know why my switch is downstairs. What do you mean you don't know why your switch is downstairs? Baby, like we were also talking about that, you know, when when they do have devices, and they don't have them at that time, they then spend that time instead of being creative and playing, waiting and killing time, waiting for the time when they get those devices back. Right. So it becomes, that, yes. it just becomes yes. all about the devices all yes, day long. Yes, exactly. And it's all they yes. talk about too. So I am incredibly grateful that Brian and I and Megan have all been on board with the same conversation of this detox and what we're doing between the two homes. Is that something that you all had to talk about to get on board? Absolutely. Yeah, we spoke about it. Yeah, yeah. We spoke about it together. We have our our group text, right? And we chat about things with the kids on there and anything. We we try and come up with a schedule that we're going to stick to between the two houses. So it's not Mm -hmm. like you get more, more of one, you know, more at one house than the other. So there's consistency. Yeah. It's really what good. I'm really grateful for that. Want to do that? Was there something where you're like, okay, enough? I just want to try this and see how it goes. It, We've it been al- talking it about it a little bit, and then Megan randomly sent about a text, it. and we were like, "What's funny is she had sent a text when literally we had been talking about it for the past few weeks." So of needing we, to do something, yeah. So Shar and I just had a feeling of like, okay, this is you know, the universe is tr- is like trying to get us on the same page for something because it's important. So mm-hmm. let's listen to it. Let's be proactive and try and come up with a different way of doing it. And Megan was fantastic with all that yeah. also. Yeah. She's a big supporter of no screens. Like we're all on the same page. So I'm, yeah, I'm really grateful for that, that uh, they're doing so well with it and that, you know, we're on such a, a good and same page with parenting these kids. 
Yeah, I want to come over and play. Sounds like a blast. Listen, just bring a box with you and you're good for like <laughs> right. an hour or two. Just bring a box and some bananas because I know you want to keep yourself full, you know, I, while you're here. You got to have the bananas for <laughs> me, you know. <laughs> hey, you and Zane would get along. He says anana. 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 Oh, it's oh, so cute. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. But life's been pretty busy lately for all of us. There's been a lot of stuff going on, baby. You were away in Spain yeah, and working for a couple of weeks. It was pretty big. Was for and it wasn't and easy weeks. either. It wasn't an easy run for you. It wasn't. It was one of the things that I, I experienced in working is you never know on a new job how the workflow is going to be, how it's going to be with everybody, whether you're going to get along with everybody, whether everybody's going to have a similar process, or if it's going to be very different. And the process on this project was a bit more different than I'm used to. So I spent the first two days probably really trying to digest it and figure out how to work within the system. And then by day three, I'd really decided, okay, I'm going to refocus on what it takes for me to deliver the best work that I can and figure out how to work that within their system, not in an aggressive way, not in a rude way, not in a mean way, in a way where they honestly, everybody honestly feels like, okay, we're all in this for the same reason. We want to we want to create the best thing we can create. We butt heads a little bit the first couple of days. When when you're working on something that is uh that is a smaller budget project like I was working on and you're up against days and times and they only had me for two and a half weeks of shooting. So they're they're trying to get all of my stuff done while I'm there because they know once I travel home, I'm gone. So I, you know, I understand that there's some stress from their side and they kind of get in this flow of like, we just want to get it. We want to get it. We want to get it. And I understand that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you have to allow me to do what it is I do as well. So we have to find a middle ground 
where we we can accomplish that. And I feel like if we if you give me a little space to kind of figure out to really get comfortable and figure out what it is I'm doing, then we get on a run and we'll get through it quicker. So it's it's one of those kind of go slow to then go fast situations. It's like we would sometimes take a couple hours to really rehearse on set and go through and figure out what was going what was going on and for them to light it and everything. But then once that was all done and we were in shooting for the day, we'd be flying through it because we knew exactly what we were going to be doing. There were no questions that were asked during the rest of the day. We were in and we were going. Everybody knew what the game plan was, what we were trying to accomplish. And so it'd be really slow in the morning. And then all of a sudden you'd get up to speed and it would just fly. So um, that's kind of, that's kind of life. Uh, you know, it's like, you never know with every situation that you walk into what it's going to be and kind of feel like you, you figure out process that works really well for you. And then you try and figure out how to fit that process with other people's processes to make one big thing that works. And sometimes it just takes time. Because we would speak about it while you yeah. were away. In those first yeah. few days, you were like, oh, baby, this is so hard. And you were going through yeah. all the stages of maybe this is just another process that I need to learn. As an mm -hmm. actor, I need to be able to work under any circumstances and any situation. Mm -hmm. You never know what it will be like, what right. someone's process is. So maybe what I need to do is sit in this and actually learn it. Right. But as the days went on with you, you, you were feeling like I just, you honestly, you felt like other people felt the same. And yes. so what I was so proud of is that you'd found a way to honor what you needed and the other people's process by respectfully taking your concerns to someone mm -hmm. and saying, Hey, this is just how I'm feeling about it. Is there any way we can change this up a little or give me a little more room here with this just to, because these are the character developments that I had. Like I want to make everyone happy, but is there another way? And it turned out that they all felt the same way, mm -hmm. you know, and it was pressure coming from different places to try and get things done quick. And it turned out that everyone was on the same page as Bright. Everyone felt the same way. The director felt the same way who, right. who had a completely different process, it seemed, for the first two days that I was there of doing it. So then when I sat down with him and we really kind of dug into all of the work and what it is we were doing, we were very much on the same page. Yeah. It was just a matter of kind of everybody getting out of their own way. I think people tend to do that sometimes. You know, it's for him. And, and I could feel it the first two days when I was there. He was extremely, extremely nervous, really oh, worried stressed. about getting his days completely, getting these performances that he really knew he needed to complete the film and edit the film in post the way he wanted it to be. And so to him, the quickest way of doing that is just kind of telling everybody, hey, this is when I wrote this, this is the way that, that I saw it being done and this is the way it needs to be. And if people fill in the blanks, then that'll get us through the day the fastest, which I understand. I understand in theory that the thing that was hard for me is um, in a field like, like I'm in, baby, like you're in, it's where we are, uh, we're creative and we're artists. I, I need to be allowed to be an artist, be an artist and create art. And I, I, I need to, I'm not just somebody that can show up and sort of fill in the blanks of what somebody needs and then go home. I'm not that guy. There are, there are a bunch of other actors that are fine with that. And those are the people that should be doing those jobs.
That is not something that I do. I've worked, I, I feel like I've worked too long and too hard to really figure out what I'm confident with. And I'm fine with people then pushing me outside of that comfort zone, but you still sort of know what your lane is, what, you know, what, what you're really capable of, of doing and, and sort of what you've planned. And this project came about really fast. So I had done a lot of work in preparation for it. Sort of get out there and then not be able to do any of that work the first day and a half was really overwhelming and, and frustrating. And I'd get to the end of a day and I'd feel like this isn't true to the story that I created for this this character. So it's it's hard. You, you, you need to, in that situation, I needed to vent a little bit, but at the end of the day, I didn't want those people then to go to him or I didn't want the process to change because of a call or a conversation they had. I really wanted it to come from me because I feel like that's a part of everybody working together and being in it together is like, okay, we, we need, we should then sit together as a group and all break bread over this conversation and find a common ground with it and, and a respect for each other. And it worked really well. I was really, really happy by the last day of shooting. I, I had had a great time. The ship, as far as things I was concerned about, I, I really felt were right were right at the end and it was good i was but i was super happy to come home i really genuinely have fun doing this with the two of you and i missed it and i was envious of the fact that i wasn't there but, but now you do I'm have notes back. right <laughs> you're back notes you have copious yes. notes i have copious notes which i figured instead of spending an entire episode on i'll just sort of Slowly, as we're going through and as we're doing different episodes, ones that apply and work, I'll just throw them. I'll throw them out. Throw them out. They're not even notes. They were things that I was listening to, and I was like, "Ooh, that's really interesting." Like, I would, I would love to have them elaborate on that a little bit more. I can't wait for that. So, Brian, I have a question for you. <laughs> It'll come. Yeah. So, you were talking about your experience on set, and yeah. you know, I was an actor for years, so I understand. I've been on on movies and independent movies where the actors and the cast people get frustrated with how things yeah. are going. And I think whether you listeners have spent any time on set or not, you can relate to, uh, I've seen it in terms of retreats. I've seen it in terms of uh, various workplaces where people start to talk amongst themselves. They're unhappy with what is happening from top down. They want it to be different. And I think where trouble arises is when there's so much discussion amongst everyone and they're getting riled up and they're getting lit up, but then that doesn't make it in an organized way to the people who it needs to go to. They hear things right. and it, there's all this tension. So what was the turning point for you during the challenge where you said, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to express myself. Here's how I'm going to express myself. Because I think that's the the hardest bridge for people to get to is you have all these feelings. You're in an uncomfortable situation. You want something to change. What is that moment where you decide, okay, I'm going to say something in here. Here's how I'm going to say it. So for me, just on this last project, I spent the first day it wasn't going in a way that felt good for me by the end of it. But you know, you're sort of in it 
And you have to give something a little bit of time, I feel, to really sort of let it play out and see. But because everybody, it's a first day on set, a first day in the office, a first day anywhere is strange. It's everybody kind of getting to know each other, getting to know the pace of how they work, what it is they do, all of those things. But then as you continue to get a couple days in and you notice that things are continuing to work in a way that it doesn't serve you the best as far as what it is they brought you there to do. I've always, I've always done it. I've always made a choice of going, okay, I, I want to try and write this ship before we get to the end and it's too far gone. We were only two days into a shoot. It was like, okay, we've done two days worth of shooting. We have another week and a half to go. So I have the ability to step in now with these people uh, that I really want to create good, trusting, loving relationships with for what it is we do, supportive relationships. And I have the chance to sit down and have this conversation that that is a little more kind of on, on the process and, and working and what works best for you and what works best for me and how can we find a middle ground where we can each accomplish what it is we want. It's you know, you learn in life that there's compromise. That question right there. Yeah. What is it that you want to create? Here's what I want to create. How can we do this? I think that is the common ground of listening to what someone else wants, sharing your vision and saying, how can we create this together where it works? It's compromising. It's all compromising. It's, It's kind of the same, whether it's in work, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's anywhere it's all about compromising it's realizing like okay this person they they want to accomplish this i want to accomplish this they might be different things so let's find the similarities within those and a common ground and figure out how to achieve that together and realize that we're not either one of us are going to completely get what it is we want to start because you don't completely fall into a different space it's like i don't i you don't all of a sudden kind of listen to somebody else and then go, okay, and then just jump ship from your what's going on in your mind and do something completely new. You're always trying to like hold on a little bit and have a little bit of control. And, and it's once you get in and you, you, you find that balance with the other people and you realize like, oh, I can lean on this person a little bit. And he does have my back and he does want the best for me. Um, you don't, you, you feel safer within that situation. And then, and it happens vice versa. It's, it becomes a given, a give and take. If you have one person that's feeling safer. And so then for them, they're reacting in a different way. And then it makes the other person feel safer. Then all of a sudden those two people start working better as one. Um, But you have to create that, that respect. You have to create that space to be heard and to listen uh, and to kind of work work together to accomplish the best thing you can. You know, most of the time when people go to a job, uh, they want to do the best work that they possibly can. I feel the same way with crews. I feel the same way with everybody that's a part of a set. There could be 50 people, 150 to 150 people within, within a crew and, and everybody making stuff happen. Every single person is as important as everybody else. But not everyone can say the same thing, right? I mean, that's the difference is 
potentially the the actor or the star or actress or whoever has maybe a little bit more speaking power to say what a lot of people might feel. Mm -hmm. I mean, Sharna, have you bumped up against this? You must have in the years of choreographing and dancing and, you know, wanting a certain outcome and it's just not going that way and feeling so passionate about the at the outcome that you want, the experience that you want to have. Yeah, this could end up being a whole different conversation. Yes, absolutely. I am respectful and always, but for the most part, I I would always speak up if I didn't feel like something was quite right or if something or could have could been be different or could be better. And there have been relationships that I've had with, you know, directors and producers where that has created absolute magic and then there were also directors and producers that felt like I was a demanding woman you know and I was over the top and I was asking for too much and I needed to just calm down and that they could do their job and I should just do mine and you know very quickly I learned that those people won't hear anything that I have to say and so I found my own creative ways of making what I could better with what mm. they were doing. But I always tested the waters of trying to build a relationship of like, let's let's collaborate on this. You know what I mean? Like I'm definitely yes. not a director, but I definitely have ideas of how dance should be seen. So when I'm creating it, I would, you know, we had a director on the show. Uh, his name was Alex, the original director on Dancing with the Stars. And I would, I would come to him with these crazy ideas and say, I just want to do it all on Steadicam. And he's like, cool, shoot it with your iPhone, send it to me, we'll figure it out. And he would make it even better, but he would allow me to have creative ideas and then he would make have these unbelievable ways of making them come to fruition. So I've had both of those situations. And I think anyone, in whether it's a creative industry or not, you, just for your own integrity and self-worth, you should always test the waters respectfully to see. It's, if yeah, it's can. all about your approach. Right. Yeah. To see if you can create that space Brian is talking about of being being heard and seen and, and, and opening up, holding space for each other. And if it does not get met with um, good energy or received well, then you have to maybe try and figure out something else that you can do within that, um, whatever your circumstances are. But it's tough. And I will honestly say being a woman is tough when you want to speak up and have an opinion of things. You often mm -hmm. hear she's a diva, she's a this, she's a that. No, man, it's just if you speak up because something doesn't feel right, people will either receive you one way or the other. And as a woman, it can be difficult. Yeah, it's common. I hear it all the time in workplaces. Mm -hmm. yeah. People don't feel seen. They don't feel heard. They don't feel appreciated. They want to at least be able to have a voice to feel that they are a part of the team. Yeah, And I think breakdown happens when they do not feel a part of. And like you said, I, I really loved that. Brian, you talked about compromise. Sharna, you talked about if you weren't going to be able to be seen or heard in the way that you, in the ways that you wanted to, then do what you can make the experience as creative as you possibly can bring something mm -hmm. to it, as opposed mm -hmm. to what happens is when people tend to get shut down or they're not heard, they just then they just, they implode, they go within, yes. They become resigned and then it's hard to show up every day as opposed to bringing whatever you can to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've found that when I 
I have ex- felt exactly that, that you're saying resigned and it's difficult to even, it was difficult to even bring my creativity to it when I felt mm-hmm. so completely shut down and put in a box and you will only do this. And I I couldn't, honestly, there were certain situations where I just couldn't find a way to make it me or anything that I connected to. So I think it's all dependent on people's circumstances, but I think trying to honor yourself um, and, and hold space and create a space for a conversation is important and then figure out your next from there, to be honest. Mm. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is a good segue I wanted to bring up with you because Mm. you just had your brother visit. I did, yes. Yes. I don't know much about this, but when we first met, I was asking all these questions about your family. I was trying to get, you know, the years into the two hours that we were together. (laughs) Yeah. And you mentioned that you both were kind of estranged, but that there was going to be a visit happening and it happened. Yeah. It's, oh my God, it's amazing. So I have a brother. He's a half brother from my dad's first marriage. His name's Jason. And it is way too long of a complicated story to truly go through. We hadn't really been connected since I was a early teenager. And the reason of that being is my dad. It's all very complicated and whatnot, but he had to separate himself from my dad. Uh, and then he was living in a different city and it all just became, it was really big. It's really like shitty traumatic stuff that he experienced with my dad. But he had always thought that I had a different experience with him. He thought I had a different dad to him. You know, because when he was around when I was younger, I was still this, you know, perfect little dancer and dad would follow me around to competitions and it was all the things. But that changed very quickly in my teenage years. And Jason didn't see any of that. He didn't know any of that. We weren't connected. And when we reconnected was actually when my dad wasn't well and he was here in America. And Jason called me to just see how I was. How was I doing? Because 
it was a really crappy thing that my dad came over here so unwell. You know, he knew he knew he shouldn't have. It all happened for a reason. God, there's so many layers to this. It all happened for a reason. I was meant to see him one more time and I'm incredibly grateful. But it did come with a whole lot of crap attached to it. So Jason called me to check in with me to see how I was doing. I was at this point pregnant and it was, it meant the absolute world to me that he called and checked in and there was absolutely no animosity there. By this point, I very clearly knew who my dad was. And I, I had also learned through other people, some of the stuff that had happened between them, but didn't know everything and, you know, I too would have estranged myself from that man much earlier. So you had an understanding of your brother and his experience at this point. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, yes. I, I think yeah. I kind of, I've known for a long time, but we had just been separated for such a long time. We hadn't connected. I had seen him briefly, I think when I was 18 and also maybe at, I think that was around the time of his wedding. So many, again, so many layers to it, but what I'm so grateful for is that we connected. So when we went to Sydney, oh my God, this stuff will make me emotional. We went to Sydney, Zane's born now. I was there judging Dancing with the Stars uh, Australia. This is just in uh, May, June, just gone. And Zane is in full stranger danger stage at this point. And Jason and Tammy, his wife, uh, turn up with one of their sons, Lincoln. And Zane just like gravitated towards him, just looked towards him and opened his arms and gave him that like toddler slump over his shoulder, just a big cuddle and then wouldn't let go of him. And I, it made me so emotional. It's like, he just knew that he's family, that he's, mm -hmm. he's, he's such a good hearted person. And through my time in Australia, we, we caught up many, many times. We hung out lots of dinners and all the things. And we connected and bonded over shared experiences of my dad. And I knew that it broke his heart to know that I did experience that. And I think he felt in some way like he should have been there for me and he should have known that dad would have ended up being like that and that um, he wishes he did it different. But he, he, we had the experience we were both meant to. You know, we were both meant to have it. He couldn't have saved me from that. It was what it was. But now we have this beautiful bond and I, it's almost like he was never out of my life. I have such deep love for him and his family. He's raised some incredible sons that I'm now getting to know my nephews that are, yeah. you know, 15 and older, so which great. is crazy. And I met Callum when he was a little, little boy. He's like 21 now. So I, you know, that's a long time ago. So I get to be an auntie like that, even though they're grown, they're so grown. So it's not like they're kids and I'm an auntie, You're like, still an know, let's go to the park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's been so beautiful about it, cause they actually just came to visit too. So, um, they, they came over and spent like three weeks and in here in America. And it, it was really cool that it's a big trip for a lot of people to come yeah. and spending all that money. And so I, I so appreciated that them getting to hang out with, they love Bri. Jason loves Bri, tells me all the time how happy he is for me, for my happiness and just starting to make new memories. And what feels so cool about all of that and so special and, and big is that from the passing of my dad, oddly, I lost a family member, but my family grew again. And it multiplied again. My brother came back into my life. I'm now getting to know my nephews. And also since my dad's passing, some aunties and uncles and cousins are back in my life. 
there was a lot of people that I just didn't have contact with for a very long time. And to be totally honest with you, I, I'm sure I could have done something about that. But because I was always listening to the the rhetoric that my dad would spin, I just felt like they didn't want me either, you know. And so I went through, part of when I went through my emotional rock bottom um, earlier in my 30s was when I realized how alone I truly felt because this family that I grew up with, that all my Christmases were with, that all my birthdays and Easter's and photos from a childhood were with, I no longer spoke to. And not because there was a big blowout with me, but because of a man that I have no control over. And who knows, because of his pathological and compulsive lying, what he had said to them about me. You know, I the shit, the stories I could tell you, Randy, are unbelievable. We'll do that another time. So I didn't know how to cross that line and reach out to them to build my family back up to to be like, hey, what's going on? I'd sent an Instagram message a couple of times to one of my cousins and never heard anything back. And I took that as because I was already feeling wounded. Mm-hmm. I took that as rejection. And I and I built on that and I built on it and I built on it. And then that became the story for my whole family on that side. That wasn't necessarily their story. You know, they were probably on the other side thinking they don't know what my dad said to me about them. You know, he just created havoc and chaos wherever he went. And so that, that part of my life, that, that season, that chapter has passed and I'm through that and I'm connected to cousins that have babies and I'm getting to, to know them and we converse on Instagram and connected with my aunts and uncles and, and most importantly, my brother. You know, I have a brother for so many years. I would just say I'm an only child. Just became so amazing from the outside watching all of this happen. Because when Sharon and I were first together and her dad was still with us, um, I listened to and watched phone conversations and watched her talk about him and watched the, uh, the turmoil. And it was it was just a really hard relationship. You could tell just from mm. from barely being around it. And at the point when he had passed, it was amazing how many people just had come out of the woodwork and reached out to to Sharna within within hours, within half of a day. It was all of a sudden it was she was surrounded by this family that she was so afraid she no longer had. And it's just been it's been so amazing now to be with her and watch her reconnect with these people. And then for myself to reconnect with them also, we spent time with them in Australia and it's, it's amazing. This, this side of like, Oh, you know, China has this, this entire family. That's Hmm. this entire family side. That's still in Australia. And at the point when she was pregnant and Zane was going to be born, it was her mom. That was really the only, the only person from Australia that she had any connection with any family with. And so when her mom came, it was like, okay, well, mom is here. So that's kind of what I, I, I watched her kind of feel like, well, that's what I get, you know, that this is what I sort of have family wise. So to now see, to have Jason and Tammy and three of their four kids come out here for Halloween and spend time, it was, it was amazing. He's an incredible person. And it's amazing to see that example in front of you of, you know, sometimes you, you're dealt these cards that are, that are really hard to explain and to understand. 
And then her experience and what it is she went through with her father and what it is she went through with her family has now created such an incredible human being. And she is just so passionate about her relationships with people. And she's so good to people. And she just loves people wholeheartedly. And so much of that came from the trials and tribulations that she went through when she was younger in her relationship with her father and and hence her her family. It's amazing. It that that concept of sometimes like one door has to close for a new one to open. Death and rebirth. Absolutely what happened. Absolutely what happened in this. Death yeah. and rebirth. Wow, you said something there. I just couldn't help but think about other people having gone through painful challenging, hard experiences and looking at it in the way of the experiences that you've gone through have created the person who you are today. And I think Mm -hmm. that can be skewed negative in some way. People might look at themselves and say, because of this, I am this way and that way. And I have this, and I look at life like this, but also as the ocean erodes rock and creates sand and creates these beautiful beaches and structures, what are the beautiful ways that you have been eroded to create the picture that is you? Mm, I love that. I think I have lived both of those thoughts. Mm -hmm. You know, in the beginning, I am many generations of women that chose abusive men. And so I not I was I think I've said this before, but never physically. There was one relationship where I think it would have ended up being physical abuse, but it was always mental and emotional, verbal abuse, deep verbal abuse and manipulation. And I chose those same patterns as my my mom did, as her mom did, and I'm sure before her. And it was one of those like I just kept thinking, oh, it's because my dad was that way. I keep ending up here, and then suddenly decided, but I don't have to. So what was that moment? What was that moment that it actually dawned on you that you have some sort of choice or agency over that? So there was uh, the relationship that I was in and his angry was very, very scary. And it was always very verbal and manipulative. But as he was yelling at me, his two fingers came and pushed into my chest so hard when he was saying, don't tell me what the to do as he was like and jabbing me hard. And I realized if you're doing this in front of people right now, Mm -hmm. in front in a group situation, we are so close. We are so very close to what this would look like behind closed doors. And I'm terrified of it. But not only did I have that thought, it was like something just clicked in my head that either because it was this whole he'll change, he'll change, I can fix him, right? Mm -hmm. I realized I'm either going to choose to spend the rest of my life like this with him or someone like him, or I can choose not to. And so I ended it that evening. And that was when I started to go on my journey. I was 30 and I was like, I'm dating all the wrong men. I'm going to figure out who I am. I was a serial monogamist up to this point, monogamist, sorry, up to this point. And that, you know, thinking I wasn't going to date for 18 months turned into like almost five or over five years. I think really, I hadn't been in anything until I'd met Brian, no actual relationship. And I didn't know that that was the work I was going to do. It just sort of happened because I was open to it because I didn't want to date the same people because 
then anytime I would see something like it, I was so afraid of it. Uh, then I went through the stages of assuming that men were like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. seeing one little thing and projecting it onto them. There was a lot of work I had to do in understanding um, where things were coming from in a child work. Like we're talking therapy and deep stuff, spiritual work, finding a spiritual practice. And all of those things led to me being able to break those patterns of not choosing someone like that and to not saying, I'm like this because of. Now I am in a space where I can truly say, I am so grateful that my dad was the way that he was. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that he, that because of him, that I learned these things because of him, I am this strong because of him. I am this resilient. There's also the beautiful sides because of him. I am a dancer because of him. I ended up in America and met the love of my life. There is, there are equally right. beautiful things in that relationship so then he loved me as best he could. And one of the biggest things I had to understand is he did the best with the tools that he had. You know, he had no um, no way of growing through that. He just didn't have the tools around him or the, it wasn't his life path, right? But it was mine to to see that and go through those experiences with him and to finally get to a point where I'm, I'm going to break this pattern. And I'm so grateful that I got to because you know, should we ever have a daughter, she won't go through the same experiences. She'll have a whole other bag of to get through, <laughs> Do you know, because we all create. I think people make a kids. big mistake, right. like when they when they have things, when when they have issues that they've gone through when they were younger, they they beat themselves up over them, and they they tend to put themselves in a position of feeling like they're just broken or there's a problem, instead of realizing that things can be fixed. You can you can sit back and decide like Sharna did to look at what it is you do and what it is you don't like. And instead of beating yourself up for it, change it. Just mm -hmm. actually take notice of it. Be aware of what it is you do and decide what, what things you, you continue to want to do and what things you don't want to do anymore. A lot of people that I know have done the same thing. I did the same thing. After my marriage ended, I was really in a place of going, okay, I don't, I don't want to do things the way I've done them before. I don't like the way I feel when I when I think about things this way, when I look at things this way. And so I I chose to go into therapy and really have somebody pick apart those things and help me understand what it was I was doing to change them. But you have to notice that you that you do those things. Well, look at the willingness. I mean, what you're saying is you already have the awareness and the wherewithal to say, I'm going to go to therapy and I'm going to ask the therapist to pick apart the things that I am doing that aren't serving me. But I was in my 40s when I did that, Randy. Like it's not, you, you know. Some I, people it, were in their 50s, 60s, yeah. 70s. I think I think what you're saying is so important. I just I also want people to know there's stages of this, right? Because yes. some people are just yes. so wounded mm -hmm. that they can't get past the wounding and the trauma. They can't feel past it because it's been their experience. So when when someone hears just just do this or they read a self-help book and it's like forgive and accept and have gratitude <laughs> feels so like easily said right? Yeah. right it feels like yeah. such an impossible far right. stretch 
But Sharna, what you're saying, you know, where you got to now where you are genuinely grateful for the beautiful things that you did get from him, that is a symptom of the healing that you've done. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. is the transformation when you can actually find the things that you got mm -hmm. that serve you. And you can look at the things that don't and say, okay, that sucked. That was yeah. hard. It was painful. I understand it all, but I'm no longer operating from that place of wounding. Yeah. Mm. I think there's, and Randy, you would definitely speak on this better. I'm sure you've, you've had many clients that to work through trauma, but it all starts with, it's not like I'm just going to change. It starts with the willingness to want to get better and heal and sometimes when we've experienced trauma, we're actually attached to it because feeling the pain validates what we went through, right? Mm -hmm. Or living it and experiencing it, maybe you don't feel worthy of moving on from that. It really is dependent on what the trauma is. But when you truly open yourself and say, I am ready to heal, I am ready to release what does not serve me, I am ready to grow beyond this, the universe will hear that message and it, it will, or God, however people see that power and that energy, will bring opportunities into your world, will bring thoughts and ideas into your mind of like, maybe I should walk down the street and suddenly you see a, a, a psychologist, whatever it is, you bump into a person, a, it will bring things into your world in ways that you couldn't imagine to open up that path of healing. You might suddenly see someone on Instagram like Randy that you go, oh, wait, I really connect with what they're saying. I'm going to reach out and just see if I can have a conversation. Once you truly say out into the open and to, you know, and to yourself, I'm ready, those opportunities will come up. But until you get to that point, you will find ways of keeping yourself stuck in it. And that's what's really hard. Yep. You have to be ready with any client that I've ever worked with. One of my questions when I meet with them or talk to them before agreeing to work together is, are you coachable? Are you ready? And it sounds like yeah. such, of course, question, but I, I want to see how they react. I want to hear in their voice. If I can't see them, the pause, the resistance that comes up because we are so good at finding excuses or mm -hmm. if that feels too harsh reasons why yeah. it's not the right time you don't have the funds uh it 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 just it's better when life is less busy when the kids are out of the house it's always excuses. at a later point because someone doesn't feel ready they're in resistance or there's fear there because so much of identity is wrapped up in the trauma or the wounding or the years of practiced story, narrative, and thought around a situation. Mm -hmm. Big mm. stuff. We've all worked through stuff, right? And we continue to work until the oh, end of our days. It's continue to grow. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. 
chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Randy, what's something that you've recently worked through? That's that's a, that's enough of my oh, stuff. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> what's so something Randy, you've been you working t- through? Because right. like, I feel like you've just got it together so much, right? And you've done so much work and you help other people. But what is something that you've had to work through recently? I'm constantly working on myself. It feels great. Someone asked me yesterday, actually, the the voices inside your head, how how active are they? When do they when do they come up for you? And I said, actually, some days a lot. There are other mm-hmm. times it might be four or five days. So I have done enough work to create some space, but circumstantially things come up. And, mm. you know, Sharna, when Brian was away, there were a couple of weeks ago where I was saying, I am feeling spicy. spicy. I had yeah. this, this spicy. Active- Look, I've got it on my <laughs> phone right now. I swear to God, it was a note that I made when you said you were feeling spicy. And I was like, that's really, I think that's really good for people to hear. I mean, I'm sure it was, it didn't feel great for you, but it's everybody goes through these things. Like you've said, which really made sense to me, what we're doing, it's cyclical. You go, you go ahead and then you step back and you fall back into old patterns and then you move forward a little bit. And so it's, it's always doing that, but yeah, let's get into this spicy okay. thing that you had. So I think there is this misnomer, <laughs> right? Especially in the personal development, spiritual self-help community. Mm-hmm. It's sort of, I'm going to do the work. I'm going to do the work. Mm-hmm. And then there's this finish line. And then I'm done with the work. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm over it. The 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 wound that I had, the theme that has been coming up for me my whole life, whether it's not enough or whether I'm too much or this or that, whatever it is, it keeps coming up. There's different layers. And you know, in therapy, they talk about uh, sheaths of an onion, layers of an onion. And you have to keep going down, down, down to the core. And we're amazing beings in that we self-regulate. People go through trauma, they go through painful experiences, and at some point they might block them out because that's what they need to do to survive, to get through. Uh, And when the, the body is ready, when you're at a place in life where you are willing, like we just talked about, to say, I need to address this now so I don't repeat the patterns, 
what happens is the cake doesn't come to you with the candles for you to blow out mm -hmm. the flour and the sugar and the butter comes mm. the mess yeah, totally. comes yeah, yeah, yeah. for you to roll up your sleeves i.e. a situation, whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's your relationship, and you will be triggered and you will be brought back face to face with that theme for you to do another layer of work. And mm -hmm. sometimes, like me, it's always a little bit surprising when it comes up because it's unexpected. Even though I do this for a living, it's, it's yeah. unexpected until I go, oh, I'm here that uh, this is what's happening. So for me, people pleasing was coming up very strongly. I am a recovering people pleaser. Uh, my role, I want to say, whether it was in my family, a lot of times uh, in relationships was always just keeping the peace. I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted love. And so for me, I became very adept and skillful and attuned to knowing what you wanted me to be so that I could get what I wanted from you. Some might say that's manipulation, but sure. it's more of there was something that I needed. I, I needed to be accepted. I needed to feel safe. I needed love. So if I wasn't getting that or feeling that, what do you want me to be? Let me let me be chameleonic and become that so that I can get what I need from you. Well, this doesn't work out well uh, in life because then I don't end up getting my needs met. I end up changing color for what this person wants, for what this person wants, and then it creates a pickle. And a lot of times I have felt that I was in the middle. And if mm. you've ever felt that way, it is such a hard feeling. I mean, I'm empathic. I feel other people's feelings very deeply, very strongly. So I will start playing it out. Well, if I do this, it's going to hurt you in this way and you're going to take it like this. But if I do this, then I'm letting someone else down and it starts to tear you apart. Mm -hmm. And so this was coming up for me really strongly until I just, this time was different. There was something about this time when it happened where I hit some sort of button and I just said, no, no more. I see this pattern. I see you very clearly. And I saw an old part of myself. I saw a child self and I had compassion for him. I said, I love you. I'm mm. here with you every step of the way, but you don't have to do this anymore. You can join my team and come with me and walk with me hand in hand. And I said, no, I'm not going to play this game anymore. And, I, you know, maybe for the people around me, this wasn't so nice. But for a couple week period, I was just coming out of that left and right, recognizing, nope, nope, I'm not just going to be the nice guy here, or I'm not just going to go along if there's something that uh, I'm not speaking my truth on. Now is the time moving forward. I am going to speak my truth. I am going to say what I need to say. Of course, you know, with tact and whatnot, but I'm not going to people please anymore. 
I love that, Randy. I relate to that deeply. People pleasing, I think a lot of people are going to relate to you on that, actually. People pleasing is such a a common trait in a lot of us. That was a big one for me. People pleasing was a huge part of of my life. I mean, that's from one of the things instilled in me from my parents was making sure that people around you liked you and you were nice to everyone and you were agreeable with everyone. And in theory, it's a great thing to instill in someone. But then you realize, well, okay... At, at what cost? And and you start realizing when you are that that person that the cost is you're you're giving away all of the things that really mean something to you to make sure that everybody else feels good. Mm-hmm. And yes. and you end up you end up feeling so empty at the end of it. You kind of get to the end of the day and you are you're angry about it. You're you're frustrated about it. It would make me really angry and regret that I that I had agreed to help somebody. But at the end of the day, it was like I wanted somebody to reach out and help me the same way. And mm-hmm. you get in this mm-hmm. place where it's like you you want everyone to think like you. It's like, well, I do all of this. Why doesn't everybody else do all of this? Right. Like, because totally. that's not <laughs> because what you're doing is not healthy. It's not, it's, it's, you know, there, there's a much healthier way of doing it. You have to find a balance between helping people and being kind to people and being there for people and then asking for things at the same time. And I was terrible at doing that. I never wanted to ask anyone for anything. I never wanted to feel like I was, or have anyone feel like I was putting them out in any burden, put them out. Yep. I was the worst exactly. that way. I mean, and it just came down to stupid things like, oh, let me take one of those bags. No, I got them both. It's like, wh- why? <laughs> my finger's <laughs> about to fall it's off. It's right, turning totally. purple, but I got it. I got it. My hip has been out of joint for like three months, but you know, I got this. Don't worry. I, I'm fine. And I'll help you carry all of your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's so you, baby. I love oh. you. It's still you a lot of the time. <laughs> I'll have all the groceries in the, I was going to say the boot of the car, the trunk of the car. The so boot. knows what I'm saying. The boot. He's like, baby, I got it. And he'll have, you know, like a hundred bags hanging off of his arms and I've got nothing. My phone in my hand. He's like, it's fine, baby. I got it. He's always like that. The other night we got home, Zane was asleep in the car. He's like, baby, he did the most to the point where I didn't fully understand what he was doing. But it made sense. But it's just, this is the way his brain thinks. Zane was asleep in the car. It was late. We were getting him in. He's like, baby, I'll drive in. I'll just keep the car running. I'll go in. I'll make a bottle. You stay with him in the car and then I'll bring it out to you. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't not fully understand it. And then I'm trying to like get the bags ready. He's like, and he opens up the door. He's got the bottle. He's like, baby, I got it. Just take him and get him to sleep. And I was like, he's doing the most right now. Like all the things. I love this man so much. And he doesn't need to do all that. He's like that all the time. But that's where I would say I wouldn't trade playing that role because it trained me well to have empathy, to be able to read people, to have the sensitivity, to want to give, right? I mean, your heart, my heart, our heart, whoever is listening, these are great qualities. These are beautiful things that I would not want to trade. It just takes a little bit of training to get clarity on who you are, where you are in space and time. And how to use things in a healthy way. Exactly. Yeah. Can I end with this one note? Please, let's do it. Because (laughs) because it's so with what it is we're talking about and the way life works and you, you do all of this work and you feel like you've reached the finish line and then it comes back again. 
you guys at one point were talking about a lotus flower in an yes. episode. Uh-huh. I remember listening. Oh, yeah. You were talking about like, oh, it works so hard to come up from the very bottom of the pond, and then it fi- you know it goes through and then such I a hard no time. No idea. That's how it did it. Yeah, it finally reaches the surface of the water, and it's you know, and it's beautiful. It's so. I remember we we had a pond at the last house, and so mm-hmm. I had water lilies and lotus flowers and stuff that would grow. They finally reach it, reach the surface, and you'd be like, "Oh my god, it's gorgeous!" And then it would die within two within two days, <laughs> and so it would shrivel up and disappear. And I was always like, "Oh my god, what have I done wrong? Like, did I mess something up? Did I not? Is the water not right?" And then like a week, week and a half after that, a new one would appear, and you and I realized within that, like, oh, it, it goes through all this struggle. It finally gets to the surface. It blooms. It's beautiful. And then it has to go through that struggle again. And that that's, to me, that is life. That's exactly what we're talking about. It's like to have this beautiful finale, uh, you go through these hard times to get there. And it's, and it's a cyclical thing. And it's okay that it doesn't just get to a finish line and end there and, and things are done because that, God, that would bore the crap out of all of us. Part of me really wants to just get to be the lotus flower though, baby. When do I get to just be a lotus flower? (laughs) (laughs) I just want sunshine on a lily pad. But you are constantly, we have, we have those beautiful, beautiful days. And then we have the days that aren't, that aren't so beautiful. And Mm -hmm. that's, and that's okay because it takes those not so beautiful days to then get to those beautiful ones. You have to, have a balance of the two in life. That's the way that to me, that's the way it works. That's the concept of yin and yang. You have, you have the two, the two sides of everything and you, you can't possibly understand joy without understanding pain at the same time and realizing that there's such a difference between the two of them. Mm, And knowing that every Lotus flower, the, the death and the rebirth, the death and the rebirth, you are becoming a newer lotus flower mm-hmm. with every time a, a slightly different design and look and petals and every single time if you're in that struggle and strain and reaching for the light trust that you're becoming a newer version of self a newer flower mm-hmm. i love that brian thank yes. you yes that's beautiful Good oh so that note came fun. in handy yay, <laughs> yay. awesome Oh, Daisy okay. agrees. Yeah, Daisy, Daisy agrees. agrees. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Well, thank you all. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening and becoming newer versions of self, your, your best lotus flower. Yes. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes, you guys are amazing. Make sure you guys go and follow us on Instagram at, at oldishpod. And you can also go and leave us a message at our own hotline, which is 855-OLDISH-3. Make sure and write us a review. Leave us five stars if you loved it. Leave us five stars if you didn't. We love five stars. We love five stars. <laughs> yeah, we like five stars. Time. Yeah. See you All next right. week. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you next week, everyone. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.